0: Turn with me um, tonight in your Bibles to Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. The Spirit will lead you into peace. The Spirit will lead you into peace. That's His goal, is to get you into a life of peace. Soul peace is nice. Spirit peace is better. Spirit peace is always present. Soul peace comes and goes. When I was younger, I didn't understand that. I thought it sounded unrealistic. But the peace that comes from the Spirit of God is not unrealistic. It's actually for us to endeavor to get into and to remain there, yes. to live there, to see it, to know it, to feel it, to live in it, to be in it, never let it go, stay in it, don't come out of it, yes. the peace of God. Yes. Philippians 4, 6, 7 says, and I think this is the NIV, but it says, don't worry about anything. What? (laughs) Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. We could stop right there. We could stop right there. Because there may be things that come to your life and they are, this might be easy to apply this. We won't worry about that. We'll just pray about it. But what do you do when something bigger than you've ever encountered comes and knocks on your door and the word says, don't worry about anything? Surely that can't apply. Don't worry about anything. Instead, remember, we're learning the ways of the spirit. That's right. This is the way we live. Because the word makes us indefensible. It makes us unreachable. Instead, pray about everything. So you may have things that come against you. And you might not know what to do. Or you've never encountered something on that level before. And all of hell breaking loose it still says, pray about everything. Amen. So this tells us that in our journey with the Lord, that it's almost like if you were to get into, let's say, a wrestling match. Yeah. And your opponent was to throw you to the floor. Right. No. Well, the way that the Holy Spirit helps us is he'll actually get involved in the fight. Yes, He will. Yes. And so you'll continue to pray things out it's not over yet Amen. Yes. 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 Amen. so he'll tell you where you're off balance put your foot there yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. where you lack strength I need you to turn yourself yes. this way yes. so that you can gain the upper hand yes. and gain the victory Amen. because some victories come quick but other victories you're going to have to take his hand he's gonna to have to lead you because you don't know what to do. So you have to do what the Word says. You have to do what the Spirit is emphasizing. You, uh, there was a battle some years ago and um, I had never encountered anything like it. Uh, I would dare to say I hadn't done anything to open the door. Uh, so, sometimes you, you do, but you, know, you usually know if you have or if you haven't, yeah. Yeah. usually. And um, it was like someone uh, struck me and I couldn't seem to get my balance. It was so overwhelming. But the word says, don't worry about anything. But God, it looks like I'm losing. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Get into intimacy with God, staying before him, praying it out till you know what to do, till you know the steps to take, till you know what not to do. Old behaviors that perhaps you've done for a long time. Now God will say, not, not in this place, not in this. But we discard that here because quicker results need to come. And I've got to fortify you inside because I'm, I'm building you for your victory. Yes. Yes. I'm building you for that victory. And he will even say to you, look at me. Yeah. Remember the, the story I told years ago about, we did scuba diving and yes. oh, I was yeah. taken in water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Spoiled sport that I was. I promise you it wasn't intentional, but I was still taken in water. <laughs> Actually, it was on the left side of my throat, I remember. And they'd, I had to give the signal so they could take me up. And he grabbed me. the instructor came over and grabbed me by the face, by the mask. And he was doing this. And I was hanging out. I was looking at him. Well, the Lord brought that up to me later because you're going to get yourself sometimes in places where you've got to look straight at him. And there might not be a precedent for it, but you're looking straight at him. You're looking straight at him. Because as you're looking at him, he's going to lead you to victory. And so you may find yourself now or you found it in the past or in the future where you have to uh, overcome something but you don't really know how to do it but you know you're not allowed to worry. Amen. The Bible it, um, emphasizes intimacy with God, yeah. praying it out about everything. Bring it, he's saying, bring it all. Bring it all to me, all to me. Amen. That's what he's saying. Tell God what you need. So that strikes down every religious thought of God's tired of hearing my voice. He's not. He's not at all. And thank him for what he has done. Now, thanking, and we have heard this before, but it needs to be said again. When you're expressing thanks, you're helping your faith fly out of your heart through your mouth. And it's like it closes a door of worry. You might feel the worry here, but the faith coming out of your mouth, out of your heart, expressed in thanks, it closes. It's like you you cannot do them both at the same time. You can't do them, and they don't coexist. Because thanks is for what he's done. It's expressing gratitude for anything that you've experienced of his answers. And it's keeping your eyes on the one that has the answers for you. And it does not allow you, it's not because we're so great or we're so strong, but when we do the word, when we exercise the word, thanking him for what he has done, (laughs) (laughs) then, then, listen, this verse is so tremendous. Then you will experience God's peace. God's peace is not like the peace of earth. The peace of earth is lovely. But God's peace is a bulwark, it's, it's fortified, it's a castle, it's strong. And the, it's so strong, it says that it exceeds anything that we can understand. While you're thanking. Not when your answer shows up. While you're thanking him. Something that exceeds our understand something so good that it exceeds our understanding goes into play. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now I love, this peace is a century. It is military terminology. Is the word true? Is it going to do what he says it will do? His peace will guard your heart, which is your innermost being. The deepest core of every one of us is our heart. And it will guard our minds. This is so critical as we live in Christ Jesus. That peace, when it comes, our job is to stay in that peace. Stay in that peace. Shutting down. We go back to the beginning of the verse. Worry. Turning thoughts over and over and over in our mind. And we're to pursue intimacy with God and thanksgiving For what he has done. You notice it doesn't say for all he has done in your life. It says for all he has done. You've got a a Bible, 66 books. You can go in and go through and go through for the acts and the works of Jesus. Old Testament and New Testament. For all that he has done. Because the word is just an example of nothing shall be impossible to him who believeth. And so he's listed Impossible after impossible after impossible so that we will forever put to rest that he won't answer the impossible. He's built to answer our impossible. He's built his word to go into our hearts and overcome impossible. That's what it's built for. That record stands forever. Thank God. Hallelujah! So you know Jesus. It says in Christ, and Christ is, is like a ha- he's a house. Yeah. We move into Him, and you shut the door. Yeah. You shut that door, and you stay in the peace of God. And so I like to say this: um, another word for peace is rest. Yeah. Yes. If I if you're peaceful, you're at rest. Yes. If you're not peaceful. You don't have any rest. Yeah. True. True. it does. The, the sickness is like that. One part of your body can hurt, you're not at rest. Yeah. Yeah. And so this rest is the same thing as peace. And so go with me to Hebrews chapter three. This is something that the Lord's been really talking to me about lately. Hebrews three going and it's, it's, there's a few verse, there's quite a few verses here, but I just felt it was important to go through them because I saw some new things. And I want to expound on it. Hebrews 3, let's start at verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice. So not centuries ago, not in the Garden of Eden. You know, today for us, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. He's talking about the children of Israel in the day of temptation in the wilderness. The day of temptation. What was the temptation? Not to believe. That was the, in the day of temptation. They're in bad circumstances. They don't want to be there. Right? But they have not developed their believing. God has done the miraculous upon the miraculous, the impossible over and over and over again. So he says to us, "Don't harden your hearts like they did in the day of temptation when your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works 40 years." Forty years he was dealing with them. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. See, he's upset by that. Because they had every opportunity to learn his ways, to know him. Right? And it's so easy for us to read the story. We read the story and we think, how in the world could they see all those miracles and come out of Egypt? I mean, they're out of Egypt. They see the proof all around them. How could they not believe? Because they were fleshly. And so on God's, they were fine as long as no faith was required. Mm -hmm. Remember, it was God and Moses. God said to Moses, man of faith, you do this. Moses did it. God acted. God did his part. Mm -hmm. But as soon as they had to go from being spectators Mm -hmm. where something was required they pulled back. Why? Because right there in front of them on that day, they couldn't see it. And so instead of exercising faith and drawing and remember what I just read you, you know, thanking him for what he has done. They could have went into full on. Okay. This is seriously uncomfortable, but he didn't fail us before. And we've seen all these miracles. Let's just Thank him and keep moving forward. Thank him and keep moving forward. Because if this is his instruction, we know this God, that maybe we don't know him well, but we will. Let's just move forward. But because they couldn't see it, they were in unbelief. And it grieved the Lord. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. So rest here is the promises of God. It's a physical place, but all sorts of things has to take place in order for them to move in. And, of course, it's spiritual blessing. It's spiritual and physical, even in the Old Testament. They, had, they wouldn't just occupy a place in the natural. God would protect them. God would be with them supernaturally. But it says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. So God considers this evil when we don't move into the things that he has for us, that he's talking to us about, because we just kind of do a, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's There's a lot of time passing. Mm-hmm. Seems like a lot of hype to me. Right? Yeah. But he says that's an evil heart. Yeah. That's what God considers an evil heart, because so much has been said and done. Yeah, right? So go down to verse 18. And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. So who's he talking to? The ones that didn't believe. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And that's our same problem today. We're no different. God can do 20 things for you, but the next thing that he tells you to do, you got to have faith. you got to step in. Now you've got a record, so it's, it's easy to start flowing in it. If you keep progressing with him. Because you're getting out of mechanics into a flow. Mm -hmm. Remember what the word says. My people will know me and do great exploits. Why? Because of the knowing. They're not struggling to try to get down the basics of faith. They know how to flow. They know who he is. They know what he can do. Hebrews 4. So it says, so we see they could not enter him because of unbelief. So that's the premise of the next part. Hebrews 4 verse 1. Let us. Let us. Therefore, fear a holy reverence, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. And I'll explain a little more in a minute. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as to them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Although the works were, now this is what I want to focus on. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the worlds. So this rest that God is talking about was not when Jesus came. It was done when God created and rested on the seventh day. In the realm of the spirit, that rest that he gives every generation mm-hmm. is for you and I to enter into. Amen. So that while, when we say it's not by works, we're talking about our fleshly efforts to get things done. Now, once the spiritual instruction has come, we put our hand to the plow. Right. We do that kind of work, but that's not the kind of work he's talking about. He's talking about the work out of the human heart to try to generate the big plans of God. And you can't do it and neither can I. None of us can do it. So this, he's, he's establishing a case here where he's saying, this rest, this place I have for you in the spirit to come and get everything that you need. It was done in the beginning. And he's saying they were in the wilderness and they didn't enter in. And now he's saying to us, now you're hearing the gospel preached. Will you enter into this rest? And this rest is a place in the spirit. If you know God is always ahead of you. If you know that he's, he's provided everything. If you know that he's your healer. If you, if you need miracles knowing that he said he rested. And then he's saying to us, are you going to rest? Or are you going to do it all, try to do it all on your own? Because I, I'm offering you something, power in the realm of the spirit Because I've done it, and then I rested, and then I gave it to you. I mean, this is a very powerful thing. I've given you my rest. This rest is peace. This rest is when all hell is breaking loose. It can't prevail against you. Even if it takes time. This is what he's talking about, this kind of rest. Verse four, for he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise and God did enter the seventh, did enter, sorry, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. So while we come to him and things are performed for us, that work was done from the beginning because he's outside of time. Everything that we would need, everything that we would need, he's done it. And he's rested. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. So he is is nailing this point over and over again in this book. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Do you see the repetition? Because he wants you to see something. Again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, today... Because with God, it's always today. So in David's generation, he's still saying today. He said it to the Israelites. He said it to David. Do you understand what I mean? Today, after so long a time, as it is said today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. That means listen. Don't dismiss anything. Don't get into your reasoning so much that you're dismissing the promises of God. For if Jesus had given them rest. Now, in the Amplified, it's interesting. It says, for if Joshua... Had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? Mm -hmm. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. So in every generation, this rest was offered. For he that is entered into his rest. So if you and I enter into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works Mm -hmm. as God did from his There's a great powerhouse in that. You're not alone. You don't have to make it work. You don't have to come up with the power. You don't have to come up with the finances. You don't have to come up with the wisdom. You don't have to come up with the healing. You enter into his rest by faith. Because everything is in that rest. Everything is in that rest. Therefore, Let us therefore in verse 11 labor. To enter into that rest. Now this isn't, seems like an oxymoron. This language is used on purpose. To draw us to the delineating lines between flesh and spirit. Let us therefore labor, the only work we're to do. Is the labor to enter into that rest. That supernatural place of peace. Knowing God. Not stressing, not pushing. We're laboring past the flesh, past what we can see to get into the spirit. That's the labor. Uh, And I'm telling you, compared to what the other labor is, this is a cakewalk. Once we labor to get into that rest and we know how to get in, that's every day, every day, every day. That's what it means when Dad Hagen said he knew how to get in the spirit right away. Because you know how to get in you basically disengage from the works of the flesh, and you're turning into to the Spirit, even when you're praying. Like the Lord said to me recently, well, not recently. It was a while ago. But he said it to me, and it made it more clear to me. He said, I want my people to, to speak with me. I don't want them praying at me, at me, at me, at me. He said, I tolerate that in seasons because I love my children, and they don't know any better. So they take off, and they're praying machine gun prayers, and... And he said, but, but after a while, I expect things to click on the inside of you, this living relationship where it's not, I don't want you always doing this because it's alive. Yes. And if you're entered into rest and you're not uh, trying to get your healing, trying to be good enough for the covenant, trying to do this, trying to figure out your life, yeah. trying to figure out how to be spiritual... Trying to figure out things like addictions and problems. We say addictions, but there's so many things that people are bound by. And they don't look like addictions. They don't look like addictions. But they are. Or they're, 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 they're what do you call them? They're, they're yokes. They're trials. They're trials. There are things that are in your mind. Yes. There are things that are in your body. There yes. are things that have come to torment. There are things that vex. Yes. There are things that cause unrest. Yes. And But when God made man, he made him good. Yes. Yes. So when there's things like that, when he's telling us, labor to enter into that rest. Yes. Because when you enter into rest by faith, remember he said he didn't like the unbelief because they can't get in. Yes. He had so much for them. I imagine what the story would look like if it was just linear. He said something. They did what he said. They entered in. They took the land. You know, but, but that's not the story. And it's still not the story today for the church, although that's not all of us. We're endeavoring to get in. But that rest, is a, it's a spiritual habitation. It is loaded with everything that you need. And God is saying, now, now that you know that you can cease from your works, labor to be spiritual. Labor to look past the flesh and get in the spirit. Pray in tongues. Make my word your delight. Don't pray at me. Get to know me. And I'll take you by the hand and I'll lead you in. But just know that you can cease from trying to manage everything yourself. But my knowledge will come. My instructions will come. My strength will come. My peace. All of these things that equip us as believers, they far, they're not the same as, as the fleshly equivalent. They're not the same. We're not robots where we pretend to be happy when we're not. Or we pretend a little jig of joy, but, but we don't, it's not present. These things flow up out of the human spirit by the Holy Spirit. They are very real. And so he emphasizes them in the word that you would know so that you would labor spiritually to get in. That you would listen to the instructions of the word, that you would pray in the spirit, you would read the word so that it can quicken and like a sword, divide things for you. Just reading the word will divide things for you. Well, first of all, it'll cleanse you and it'll keep that standard precise in front of you. So you're, you're just, you're walking righteous. But it also, it comes and enlightens the mind. It comes up through your spirit to enlighten your mind. And he wants to talk to you Amen. through his word. And of course, we know his spirit. Yeah. So let us therefore labor to enter into that rest. Rest is a place where all that we need is there. So when we labor to enter into that place, then we can receive freely the things he's already given. And we don't have a works mentality. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. And so while you're laboring to enter into rest, you know, it's like people are struggling because sometimes people in their pursuit of freedom from whatever it is, they leave redemptive truths. So the word says, by his stripes you're healed. But if we leave that and go over to, God, why won't you heal me? God, I've been sick with this for 10 years. God, everybody I see is getting healed. God, there's nothing, I can't seem to get this straight. Then what you're doing is you're flipping out of the rest and the provision that's been, and this is key, this is not semantics. This is key that you keep those, you don't leave those redemptive truths. But what you do then is you, you labor to enter into rest because you do the activities of the Spirit, working with Him so that it flows into this realm and there's no hindrance. But it's not trying to get it because He says He's given it. Now what we do is we put the Word in our heart, we put the Word in our mouth, we listen for the instructions of the Spirit, and that healing flows into our life. Those finances flow into our life, and we're listening for His leading because He can... Do far more in a moment than we can do given so much time we can't get there. You know, um, when I say don't leave redemptive shoes, you know, I put this down in my notes and I'll just condense the story. But when the Lord delivered me from, you know, I had a severe eating disorder, but there was a spirit that would gnash my mind. And it wasn't it was it, I was always feeling oppressed, but it would tighten and tighten and tighten on my mind. So when it got to its highest point, I just wanted to die. I was never suicidal. I would never have taken my life. But I just thought life's not worth living. Yeah. It's just not worth it because I felt like I was going crazy. It would the pressure was so great. And but God came to me and he said, you don't believe the word that you preach. And I said. What do you mean? And he said, if you had a sick body part, like your leg was sick or whatever, and it was really bad, you would go after that. And if you still felt it, you'd still say, I don't care what I feel, I'm healed. And then you would see the residual effect of that healing flow, because you didn't leave redemptive truths, even though it didn't look like it was healed, didn't feel like it was healed but you were trained to speak and believe, no matter what you saw. He said, but when it comes with this, you walk around, Lord, why can't I get free? Lord, it's been years, I'm so defeated. My eating disorder, I'm never gonna get over this. Oh my God, I wanna die. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. But when he said that, I saw it, the light went on. I thought, I don't know why I didn't see it. The pressure of it had morphed me away from the word. I had let it take me away from the redemptive truth that said um, I could enter into rest because he'd already finished the work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was required for me to have that? I had to believe. Yeah. Lest you not enter in because of unbelief. So, it's the same thing if you are, no matter what area you're struggling, no matter what it is. Don't leave redemptive truths. Yeah. By his stripes, you were healed. In the realm of the spirit, it's finished. Amen. So now what you do is you sit before the Lord and you get that, you start putting the word in yeah. you and you sit before him and it, either the word will quicken you or the spirit will tell you something or you just keep going yeah. because it will it will leave you. Yes. It will leave you. Amen. And so I thought that was a good example because it really lit up, And brought such freedom to my life. And I realized how I had left my freedom. Because of unbelief. Oh, sorry. It was unbelief. I was trying to get there. And he was saying, I did it for you. Take your faith and believe it's done. Then line up all your words. Line up your heart. Line up your praying in tongues. Line up listening to the Spirit in agreement. With the rest, the rest that I've given you. Because I finished it in the beginning. And that's such a powerful truth. And the reason people get it wrong is because, or we get mocked, is because people don't understand the spirit realm versus the natural realm. We're not denying the challenge, the sickness, the addiction, the whatever. But we have our eyes fixed on the fact that we can enter into rest of the spirit. (laughs) It's so critical. It's not semantics. Oh, you bunch. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You're already healed. That's right. Whatever. It's not that. That's unbelief. That person will not enter in. He is saying, I have given you rest. So now labor to be spiritual so that you can go in and take it all without working in the flesh to grab it, but by belief entering in and receiving it like a child's. Oh, it's so good. It's so, mm. for the word of God is quick, lively, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And let me just put another slant on that. We say the word divides our soul and spirit motive. This is true. But sometimes we are diseased or sickened in our minds. Something has worn us down to the point where it has shaped us in an ungodly way or a hurtful way. And and even this can say, my word, like a sword, will cut through that. It will divide between soul and spirit. I love that. And of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And let me tell you, sometimes you don't even know that you need the intents of your heart divided. Sometimes we're better than we think. And sometimes we're worse than we think. Sometimes our motives, like we're cruising along and we're good. But then all of a sudden, like you run into like ugly you and you go... And it takes the word to go, you better put that down. Or or it'll be, um, you need to come up in an area and you need to think better in that area. Because it leaves a door open for the enemy to harass you. So his word divides Mm -hmm. the intents of our heart. I remember someone saying to me, a minister that I trust said, it's very difficult to get someone free from a religious spirit. They sit in churches and people. And the devil does go to church, let me tell you. He is not threatened by church. He's threatened by the anointing. He's threatened by the word and the spirit coming together and power. But I, I, it was said by them, it is very difficult to get someone with a religious spirit free because they don't acknowledge that they have it. There's a pride there. They think higher than that. And I said to the Lord one day, I said, well, what hope is there then for that person that has a religious spirit? And the Lord said, my word. He said, haven't you ever been in a service? And the word will come through and you're sitting there and the word will make you uncomfortable and you'll think, oh, I need to change that. Yes. Yes. Or he'll talk to you about you and you'll think, oh, that's not good. He said, in that moment, that person has the opportunity to, to let the word, let the sword of the word come in and begin to cut that out. If they will let... The word there are people with religious spirits and they get free like that. And there are others that will hold on to it forever. But if they will let the word do its job, because the Holy Spirit on the word is going, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. When I was in Pastor Nancy's meeting um, last year. And I had the heart trouble, and I was there gunning to get to the altar. You know what I mean? When she calls for hearts, I'm gonna be the first one up there and grab my healing and praise God, chop it all to pieces, and go home with a healed heart. Right? That was my intent. And she's 15 minutes into the sermon before she does the altar call, and she's talking about women not stepping fully in their call. And men can do it too, but typically it's a lot of women do it more. A lot of sometimes we're the, we're the second. You know what I mean? Let me say this the second. The Lord said this to me recently. Because I, I like being the second. Mm-hmm. I think I, I, I really do enjoy it. It's my favorite. But the Lord said to me, he said, the mind of someone that diminishes a second Come on. is not thinking in a renewed fashion. Yeah. He said Joseph was a second. Yeah. yeah. He said only the mind that is not renewed will diminish a second that is called, yes. anointed. Yes. To be a second. It is a holy place. Yes. And it's to be occupied with honor. Yes. And so thinking, you have, to think, you have to think right. I totally lost my position. I don't even know where I was going. What was I saying? About how the word comes. What? Your heart. The word will come. In. Oh, yes. That heart. <laughs> Pastor, thank you. See, he's so good. Pastor Nancy is, is talking and I hear the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's in me. But I, it felt like he was talking from the left side. And he said, and this is how he said it, you better listen. And I went, Oh, I knew then it was for me. But my problem was I didn't know what the problem, then normally I know. I'm mouthy, I'm this, I'm that. Uh, okay, you know, I need I'm slow on this, and you wanted me to be fast. Like normally I know, but like I said, father, I can't even begin to do this in the natural, because I'll get it wrong. I will get it wrong. <clears throat> and so when I got home, he began to talk to me, thank God, and listed six things. And the truth was, I didn't know six of them. Wow. I was truly ignorant. So when, let me pull that, pull that back to when we're laboring to enter into his rest, he won't leave any stone yes. unturned in your life That's right. That's if you seek him. Amen. Amen. Don't just seek him when you have a need. Have times just sitting with him. I want to talk to you about my life. I want it to go well. I'm just going to spend, you know, at seasons of time just laying things before you until I hear from you. And then relax and just pray a little bit until it comes up in your spirit the way that he's trying to lead you. That's good. Amen. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so we should come boldly, especially when we consider that he has done everything. The answers that come from heaven, you didn't do them. I didn't do them. If your body gets healed, that healing didn't come from you. It came from heaven. So we don't do the work. We just cooperate with the work. Okay, point three, understanding the witness of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so it's interesting, this word. I got this from Reverend Joel Siegel's book. I just love him. He's amazing, but he's amazing on paper. His books... You want to learn? He's excellent that way. So in his book, he says, it's interesting that the word witness, the witness of the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit, by the witness of the Holy Spirit. He said, a witness in a legal system is there to testify of truth, to speak and answer questions. That's so true. I hadn't thought about what that word witness means. And that's what he does for us. He witnesses of the truth and he answers questions for us. Now, he does a ton of things but he does those things so the word uh, spirit translated in the Greek is pneuma P-N-E-U-M-A and it means breath wind or current of air which describes his movement he moves upon our spirit so when we're believing in faith for things we don't look to the natural to confirm to us if something's going to work or not Mm -hmm. it's going to work because we're standing on his word. But I've, I'm learning, of course, never arriving, but always after it. The movement of the spirit is felt. It is, it is not just by faith. You can feel it. It's a knowing on the inside. It's movement. It's, that's why he uses words like a quickening. Yes. yes. Right? Um, the green light. Um yeah. Ooh, my spirit just moved. When Craig says that, I can take it to the bank. He'll say that. I know this, Jim. My spirit moved. Recently, you know, I was talking to him because the Lord warned me. He said, make sure when you pray out for the pace of the ministry, you don't handle it with your mind. Mm -hmm. Because you'll get it wrong. Mm -hmm. And I can't afford to get that wrong. Because if I hinder the ministry, I'm opening doors. But sometimes the pace is pretty swift. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that adjustments don't need to be made. But if they're made, they will not be made because I'm standing in the way and using this. It has to be prayed out. He will set the pace. And whatever he sets, you're well able to do it. But he's practical and he's reasonable and he's wise. And so this movement, you can count on it. There's these quickenings. They are... Uh, knowings more than hearings. You can hear, I've heard. But they're they're, they're movements in your inner man. And let me just say it like this. Jesus in John 3, 8, Jesus is saying this. He compared the Holy Spirit's movement to wind. We can feel wind, right? The wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the spirit. He's talking about the spirit realm, this movement in our spirit, which is really exciting. No matter what, whether it's a red light or green or whatever, it's, so, it's such an intimacy with him. We're always happy when we are being led yes. because whatever it is, we, 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 can, we can be assured. Yes of the right decision, if we'll listen to him. It says, on the day of Pentecost, he arrived like a mighty rushing wind. Um, so again, Reverend Joel Siegel refers to him and his witness, I like this, as a puff of wind in a pool of peace. Now that sounds poetic until you break it down. The movement of the wind is always accompanied by a bearing of witness with peace. Yes. It is, even in urgent times. Even with things that are difficult, that peace, that movement, you can feel that in your spirit, man. Mm -hmm. Like the wind feels the sails of a sailboat, his push of movement on your spirit prompts your movement. In talking with him about matters, you need to listen in your spirit for his vote. And I'm telling you, we are not doing this with a frequency, that we need to be doing it. You, we turn inward. We look, you literally look to your inner man and quiet your mind just to see if there's anything. Is there a red light? Is, and, then, and I'll get into it in a minute. If there's nothing, that also means something. Okay? <laughs> um, when peace and joy accompany or increase, there is there's a knowing. Even more than a hearing, which I said, and that's his vote. And the opposite is true. If what you are praying about is not his will, he will v- vote by withholding his peace. Yes. If he's not speaking up or testifying, pay close attention to that. This means there is a better option, and the one you are considering is not best. Yeah, so, so I have a living example. <laughs> Just recently, I needed, okay, so in my kitchen, I have a, a pub table, or I had a pub table. It was We bought it with the house, and I love the way it looks. <laughs> Jessica's heard me complain about this table. So while it's beautiful, nobody wanted to sit to it. The chairs have iron legs, and it's just not cozy. You know what I mean? You could, you could really kill an intruder with it, no problem. <laughs> You know, so, but I just love its height. I love the way it sat there. Of course, we had to kind of squeeze by it, you know. but but look at that table. So, so it got to the point where we're not having family meals together the way that I want to, because it's not comfortable. It's not the kind of table that says, you know, pull up a chair and, yeah. and enjoy me. <laughs> it wasn't like that. So I start saying to Craig, uh, first of all, it's going to be, it's a mammoth, so we're going to have to move it. Well, I'm not moving it. <laughs> Somebody had to move it. <laughs> Somebody helped us, thank God. When they bring out the straps, you know it's serious, right? <laughs> and so first Craig was like, and I understood it. He's like, no, it's fine, it's fine. I'm like, I, I am a woman. You have to hear me roar. Let me have a new table. And so I wore him down. <laughs> and so... Um, so I'm moved with the fact that I want my family around the table. I want my family around the yeah. table. And it's been too long, especially during COVID. Yeah. Like, I'd like to tell you, we always ate together. We so did not. But I wanted to get back to that. Yeah. And so, um, so I, I'd seen this table and I take my brother with me and Craig's too busy. He's like, yeah, you know, if you really want it, just go and buy it. And it was the nicest table in the store and it was expensive. And I really liked it, but I didn't check. And so, but I'm like, hey, there's no red light, so we're good. We're going to buy it. It's a good table. It's solid wood. It'll last for a while. I'm going to buy it. But there's nothing. Nothing. But I'm I'm not really checking because I'm thinking, well, it's not a red light, so I can have my table. But what that means is that I was impatient, and I reasoned, I need the table. My family's going to have the table, so... So we order it and then tried to get out of it for another reason. And then, you know, it was custom made. And so, and it's two months late. And finally the day arrives. And I'm in the room with Craig because I don't want to be staring at the guys while they put it together, right? And so time comes for me to see it. And I march out because, you know, you only see it in the store. And I loved it in the store. But as soon as I rounded the corner, my heart sank. And I thought, it's just too brown. (laughs) <laughs> and it was but it was beautiful in the store because it was surrounded by other things that were not brown and so I'm like and now I'm like I pushed for this I spent triple probably what I should literally triple what I should have spent it's custom made and now I've got to live with it so Craig was telling me to be patient I didn't listen because he's wrong and I'm right and, uh, and so I see it my heart sinks and I know I know I've missed it. So I don't say anything to Craig. So I, he's like, You don't love it. And I said, No, no, it's good. I, no, it's good. You know, I told you, I said, My eye has to settle on it. My eye has to get used to the new color, because I'm used to the caramel color, and this is brown. And so, but it's lovely. It just didn't look good in my kitchen. So I keep talking to him. I thought, You can talk yourself into this, because I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck with it. I've spent that on the budget. And, you know, and so I don't say anything to Craig because if I say it out loud, I'm going to feel worse. So I start this process of trying to lie to myself that I like it. And I did, but I didn't love it. And I wanted to love it. I wanted to love it. And so I went to the Lord and I said, Father, I repent. I said, I am now going to struggle with something. And I never checked with you. And that dead feeling on the inside was you saying, it's a, there's a better option. He wasn't saying no. Because if he's saying, there's no danger. Yeah. It's a table. Yeah. But he didn't bear witness. It was yeah. flat. Yeah. And so in my impatience, I just blew right past it, past him, and got my table. And then went, oh, I don't like this table. I love it, but not for this kitchen. Okay. So I go to him, and I repent. I said, Father, I am sorry. I know you're trying to train me with the small stuff. And I totally miss this. I said, so I don't know how you're going to do it because I blowed past the budget. And I don't know, maybe someone will give me a table. I don't know. But I'm going to believe you. And I'm telling you, I felt my hand of faith once I repented. Yeah. I, I knew he forgave me. And I said, please, please make this. Just forgive me and make it better. Yeah. Fix it. I don't know how, but fix it. Amen. So I didn't say anything for a while. And... Uh, But I felt my hand of faith, that's what I call it, come out and just grab. I knew he was going to do it, but I was just leaving it with him. And every time I saw the table, I thought, it's a lovely table, but I know you're going to fix it for me, Father. I know you're going to fix it. So the time comes for us to have the ministers in the back room here. We're doing the green room, and uh, we're picking up furniture, and we go to Structube to get to look at a couch. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. I walked in the door, I walked right in the door, and there was a table right there, and I went, Ooh. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, I, I, I kept looking at this because it smiled at me when I walked in the door, and I went, I'm not joking, I'm not exaggerating, my spirit went, yes, and I went, no, 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 because maybe someone's going to give me, some. I've spent the money, Lord, I've spent the money, but I knew. As soon as I saw I said, Well, and I, I didn't argue because I don't care if it costs more money, but I just thought, Well, this would be interesting to see how he works this out. So we go home, we buy the couch for in there, and we go home and we start talking. <laughs> and I said, um, Craig, I really like that table. And he said, I know you did. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly how he said it. He said, I know you did. I said, I made a mistake with the other table. He said, I knew it. You just wouldn't tell me. (laughs) I said, I just didn't want you to say I told you so. Because I was arrogant and I really wanted it. (laughs) And you just, you know, you're like, okay, well, if you can't wait, go get it. But he, as, and I said, please don't make me suffer. Don't tell me like, you know, I told you so. And he goes, I'm not going to do that. So he went into motion. And, um, We got the table. My goodness, it was like one third the cost of my other table. And God gave me an idea what to do with the table I have so that not only do I not lose money, I gain money. But I learned because we don't benefit when we blow past him, even on things like a table. But he knows that matters to me. It matters. And if He'll train you on the small stuff, but the absence of any movement is what I wanted to point out. Because sometimes, like, that's what I said. I said, Well, there's no there's no, no, but there was no yes. And, and people say, Well, God doesn't care what you want to buy, He does with me. If you invite Him, He will get you deals. Listen, we love deals, but we don't sacrifice in areas with deals. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we will take the deal. But if God's saying you can have something over here and it's 20,000 more, we're going for that one. We're not going to dumb it down to the sale. But it, I look for sales. That's awesome. But I'm just saying we don't put the sale over where he's leading us. And many times he will lead you right smack dab into a sale. And make you joyful because you paid hardly anything for something, you know, or he give you favor or whatever. But, but, he's so good, he is so good. But when it's the middle ground, there you should pay attention because it's a training time. That he he cares that your joy is full, and he's just given his vote. If you want to make like he didn't want me to have the story four months. That's all it took. The first month I just pined. And then I, it occurred to me that he loves me. And then I just need to go to him and say, I am so sorry I messed this up. Yeah. Please, please turn this around for me. And I, I'm going to listen. But I didn't feel like I wasn't listening. It was just when I saw the table and my spirit just went, uh. I thought, oh, you didn't listen. You didn't listen. <laughs> so now you've got to suffer. But, you know, Pastor Nancy will say he's so good yes. that when you miss it, yes. just go to him. Yes. Tell him I missed it. Yes. Yes. I missed it. Yes. But he wants to educate you. He wants to bring you out of it. Yes. If you make mistakes, he wants you to get that behind you yes. and bring you up out of that mistake. Yes. That's his heart towards you. you Especially when you, you're learning. Yes. And we're always learning, but you know what I mean. Yes. There comes a point where you know that witness. And you're not like, Lord, is that you? You know what I mean? You're not. So... <laughs> Right? So anyway, then there's, a, then there's a stronger witness. It seems like not only is there nothing, but the spirit, well, it's like he steps back from you. And he's not that he's displeased with you, but he's trying to get your attention. As in there could be danger or there could be a serious fallout or there could, like he's letting you know, I am not in that. So that he can get your attention so that you just don't march on your merry way right into it. Right into it. It seems like a silly example now because I was just a teenager when, you know, I was dating that pastor's kid and he was a musician and I teased Craig and whatnot, you know, he's a singer and, but, but when I would, when I would go and see him, I'm, I'm 16, 17, it's like my insides were banging. There was, I thought, this doesn't make sense. I didn't understand it. Yeah. yeah. Even though I was young, he was bearing witness, get away. Yeah. This yeah. is not. Yeah. I am not pleased. This is not what I have for you. Yeah. Right? And so looking back, I went, oh, that's what that was. That was danger. Yeah. Danger. And so he will step back in a stronger way. But sometimes um, I, I just, I, I just, he's so loving. Yeah. He so wants to get involved. But he wants us to ask him for his vote. We're we're checking for that wind in the sail. Oh, there's nothing. God's talked to me about businesses. And right now I have absolutely nothing. Nothing. He's talked to me about a house in California. I have no money for a house in California. But he does. I don't need money technically. Things take money. You know, we don't need money for the Glory Center. Even though... We may go that route. It may be all finances. <laughs> Pastor Nancy tells of a, a story where she had given a word. She said famous people would come into meetings, and God would always give her a word. And she was like, I don't want to give them a word. They're going to think, like, oh, I've got a word for you because you're famous kind of thing, right? But, I mean, anybody knows who knows or knows she's not like this. She's very spiritual. But C.C. Um, C. Winans oh, was there. And the word of the Lord came to Pastor Nancy, and she said, someone's going to give you a building. Would well, you know someone shortly after gave them a building for $33 million? Wow. Lock, stock, and barrel. Wow. Yeah, they were, they're the pastors in that building. So what I'm saying is we don't dictate what God's going to do, yes. how he's going to do it. But what we need is the word yes. and the leading of his spirit. And as we follow and as we pray, we pick up our prayer assignments and go toward it. We have entered into rest. Amen. Yes. This congregation is not struggling, yeah. Amen. nor will we ever struggle Amen. to get into Amen. the building. Yeah. Yeah. What we labor to get into is that yeah. spiritual realm yeah. of rest and believing, rest and believing. So when he tells you to do something, you go, yep, no problem. And then that's his system. But you're not, oh, how are we going to do? Yeah. That's flesh. Yeah. That realm can never meet the standard yeah. of what he's called us to do because he's called us to do supernatural things Amen. through him yes. through his power Amen. Amen. and that's how it's going to get done Hallelujah. glory to God it's good. when he speaks don't make a habit we all get it wrong sometimes but when he's speaking or he's bringing knowledge up within you go with him Amen. go with him he's trying to enlarge you he's trying to, many people will not allow him to enlarge them they will. I remember one minister saying, We were talking precious, done a lot of work for the kingdom, but they said uh, they were talking about going to India or something like that. But they really wanted me to know that they picked an economy seat because we don't spend God's money on expensive tickets. And I thought, Sister, you're in your 60s. You're going to get there exhausted. And she did. She was exhausted. I said, That money just keeps coming. Yes. But because you didn't enter into rest and you're not listening to his leading, you're looking at this. You're never, he's got to enlarge you on the inside. Because the things that the Spirit has us do, everything with the Spirit is our faith because he's unseen. Yeah. He's so real to us. It's almost like we can't believe that he's unseen. Yeah. Can you believe like we haven't seen Jesus kind of thing? Like yeah. we feel like we feel his presence. We hear his voice. Yeah. We love him. We read his word. I mean, it feels like we're living with him. Yeah. And yet when you stop and think, most of us haven't seen him face to face. But we have we have maybe in the realm of the spirit, but our natural eyes are not yeah. open. You know what I mean? And it's like he is longing yeah. to enlarge because when things flow out of that spirit realm, there is no end to the finances. You don't have to check God's finances for him. Now, that being said, he is, he is also the type of uh, leader that knows where your faith is at. And he'll take you one step at a time. But as you go and increase, you'll notice it's like digging a hole and the water goes in. You dig the hole a little deeper and the water fills up. It just just keeps, it washes out from the ocean. He's the ocean. You dig your hole and then he fills it up. And then you dig dig another hole. And he's saying, dig the hole. I'm trying to develop you. I'm an ocean. That money, that rest, that provision has been given from the beginning of the foundation of the world. But he's looking for a people to go in with him. The Israelites wouldn't go in. They were so practical That they talk themselves out of believing a miracle working God. He healed them. He made them rich. He made them uh, people that have things instead of being slaves. He changed their namesake. He gave them a leader. And he's talking about this land that they're going to go into and they bring up short. Do not find yourself complaining about gas prices. I don't even look. Yeah. and I'll tell you the honest truth about it I know what it's like in the past but if I have a need He has promised me to Amen. fill it Amen. so it does not matter how high it goes and, but, it, but it, that's practical it doesn't matter how high it goes because He will fill it why? because of faith because of laboring to enter into what? rest the rest of more than enough the rest of healing The rest of provision, the rest of instruction, the rest of not having to figure it out. Yes, so that labor is worth it. That labor of, you know, kicking your flesh back in place and staying close, staying close under the anointed word, under those that God has in your life. Uh, Entering into rest in the sense of seeing the spiritual picture and not look, see, I love Pastor Nancy. I, I, she is, I don't, I can't explain. I don't have enough words, honestly. I don't, I love her personally. Yeah. Yes. But the umbrella mm-hmm. of what is given, yes. I have to stay close. Yes. Yes. I have to stay close. Yes. Yes. Amen. I have to observe. Yes. I don't check money. Amen. That's good. Yeah. Amen. I don't, I'm, I'm being led. I'm looking for things, and as, he gives, as I get that joy and peace, I go forward. Yeah. You notice he's not asking someone who makes 10,000 a year to buy someone else a Lamborghini. He's practical. But he will stretch you every which way. Do this. Well, and he'll say, "And don't check your account. I told you to do that. You do it, and you get increase. But you won't enter in if you stop short with unbelief. We're, we're a different people. Yeah. We're not allowed to operate like that. Yeah. But never think that, it's, that faith is blind. Yeah. It's not. He's constantly leading. Yes. You're constantly checking. What's he saying? What's he asking me to do? Where's he asking me to do this? Yeah. And then you just agree. Amen. And he's trying to sweep you into this inheritance that he's got yeah. stored up. Yeah. But he's got to have people of faith that can take it. And listen, we, are, we, are, we have a job to do, but it's also to make our joy full. Yes, we should be the richest people on the planet, the most healed, yes. the revelation from heaven being shown in our lives. Yes. And so, oh, I love this subject. He okay. saved my bacon so many times, but I look forward to more intimacy. It's true, you know, when we travel... Um, I never say those prayers of, you know, oh, God, you know, you know help us, Can I, you know, get us to the other side. I just check my spirit before I get on the plane. Yeah. All I do is check, just a little touch. Oh, yeah, we're at peace. It won't matter after that what happens. Amen. Now, I get into places where I'll pray things out. Just, you know, two days ago, came up, you know, plead the blood over sit, this and this, and I did. But, but he's ahead of us. Yes. He's ahead of us and he's with us and you know it, it should be said that if you're getting on a plane people around should be happy you're getting on the plane with them yes. we're the people of god we walk in dominion we walk in authority we walk led by the spirit yes. um i'll end with this reverend joel siegel said he knew two ministers um i don't know what point maybe down at rhema i think it was one was a pastor one was a traveling minister and they were somewhere, and the pastor had brought people from his church. I guess it was Ministry of Helps, and, and they were all there together. But before they were to board the plane, the pastor says, I don't know, something just doesn't seem right. That's all he said. He didn't say, I got, I've got serious alarm bells. He goes, something doesn't seem right. But the traveling minister said, listen, my wife's waiting for me. We got a wedding celebration, and I don't want to keep her waiting. And so the pastor and his team canceled their tickets, lost their money, stayed on the ground. And the traveling minister went and his plane crashed and he died. But that it seems good. (laughs) In Acts 15, it talks about this. It says that they, you know, basically that it seemed good to the Holy Ghost in us about the new um, concepts for the church, that they wouldn't eat food given to idols, they wouldn't uh, be into sexual immorality. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit framed this work, these, these new things within the council of the Christian elders to basically free them from the law. Can you imagine? Laws for centuries, everything, and then all of a sudden they give this framework I'll just do this. It's like love your neighbor as yourself and then you fulfill all the commandments. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. And it says it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Yes. And then a little further down it says that Silas, his team was going home, but it seemed good to him yeah. to stay. Yeah. And then we find out that Barnabas and Paul are going to have a little spat. Mm-hmm. And I'm not making light of it. I'm sure it was terrible. It split them and they were they were a good, godly team, but it's, it split them. But Silas, it seemed good to him. It says that he would stay. Well, he's the one that goes with Paul, and they're the ones that end up yeah. in the shackles. Yeah. Now, what did they do in that prison? What did they do? They labored That's right. to enter yes. exactly. That's into right. that rest. You can't do that if you're ignorant that there's rest for you. That rest brought an earthquake. Yeah. That rest totally flipped the circumstances because they believed and they released through Thanksgiving. Amen? That's there are our people. The Word is our Word. This is how we live. But we have to know about laboring to enter into the rest, the finished work that the great God Jehovah did at the very beginning for our good, for our supply, for our victory. Father, we thank you. I thank you. They're so magnificent to, to teach, and I just love them. This church, Lord, is so precious. It's precious in your eyes, Father. For that, we count it holy and precious, Lord, all the days of our life. Father, I thank you for each and every one of them. I thank you you develop them into who you want them to be. Spiritually, Lord, you make them stalwart and confident in you that they crave this intimacy with the Holy Ghost. For you are worthy, but you desire relationship with us. For we're your bride. We are your bride. You are our bridegroom. And so, Lord, we thank you. You lead us, lead us into those deeper waters with you. The rest of the spirit, the knowledge of that place, operating in that place, overcoming (laughs) with that supply, Lord. We thank you. We cease from struggle and works. And we open our ears to the realm of the Spirit to hear what you are saying. We do not worry, but we seek you and pray about everything. And we give you thanks and we shut the door to the pressure of that worry. We give you thanks for what you have done, both in our lives and in the lives of the Word and other believers. We have an endless supply to thank you for what you have done what you have written for our good and the spirit that you gave to come and live on the inside of us that we would profit in every way. And you are another Holy Spirit, which means you are the exact same as Jesus. You don't, you're not limited in your power. You bear witness of the truth. You are the wind of the spirit moving upon our spirit, leading and guiding, saying go, saying stop, and then nothing when we need to inquire and be more patient until we hear from you, Lord. All oh, these, these concepts, these precepts, Lord, build them into the people of this church that they would benefit so greatly and rejoice. They, they know you. They know your works. They know your ways. And we will enter in, in our believing. We will not stay on the outside. Because of unbelief. Thank you, Lord. Your word ministers so greatly to each one of us. Thank you for all that you've done and all that you are going to do, Lord. It's going to be quite a show. And for that, we give you praise. We magnify you. Hallelujah. It came up in my spirit um, when we were worshiping that there are some people here and they're they're struggling with uh, pain, uh, but they don't go forward because it's in their private area. But you know, the Lord knows that. And so He doesn't need you to come forward, He just needs you to release your faith. I'm going to say a prayer, and it can be pain, it can be dysfunction um, in the sexual area, in the sexual organs, reproductive areas. For men and for women. And the Lord said to me. He said I don't want them feeling left out. I just want them to release their faith. Just like a child. And so Father. I just stretch my hands out Lord. Over this congregation. Father. For those that are struggling. That need healing Lord. And if you're on the live stream. This is for you. As well. Father I thank you. I release that healing power. Now to go into. Those private areas, Father God, in both the women and the men, Lord, any dysfunction, any pain, anything that needs to be recreated, anything that needs to dissolve or be removed. ah, I speak your living words. Lord, I thank you. You are moving in their bodies right now, Lord. And as a congregation, we release our faith for them. We call you healed by the precious tangible blood of jesus thank you lord it goes from them now and they are healed i thank you lord thank you father for that testimony for all of them lord that they would walk free in the precious and mighty name of jesus hallelujah amen thank you so much you make it so easy